good morning. Good morning. We were just having a bit of debate what number it was, and you <laughs> didn't know, and I wasn't going to tell you. So go on then. What number are we on? Is it 73? Yes, it's 73. <laughs> Isn't it awful that we, like, we never remember the number I of episodes, considering we do it every day. But that's like, the problem, because days just fly by. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. And that's the good thing about doing a daily episode, isn't it? So when does. I write in my journal, I'm like, what, what day is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So what are we talking about today? Um, how to fire, or should you fire, or when should you fire, bad clients. Okay. It's so all about firing bad clients. Yeah, I was going to say, because you put like the, that was the opposite to, what do they call it? A When they say, oh no, it was a shit sandwich. Do, do you know what, I'm, have you heard of that? I've where heard you do of a positive, sandwich. Oh yeah, not a shit sandwich. Yeah, sorry for the language. Um, yeah, where you say something good, something bad, something good. Yes. Except your something bad was a question. <laughs> should you fire? Well, yes, you should absolutely fire bad yes. customers. Yeah. But and that's really hard to do. Yeah. In this current climate, right? I think. Yeah. I, I think we are in such. If you're in business or starting out in business at the moment, we're in such a state of it's well, or rather, we, not you might not be, but a lot of business owners, including, and we've definitely been on that journey, right? Where you're in this state of desperation, yeah, almost yeah. right. It's like your your tolerance for, let's say, bad behaviour yeah. from your clients is so much, so much more than it would be previously. Yeah. And I would say the and their behaviour is probably worse as well. Exactly, the propensity to demonstrate bad behaviour by clients mm-hmm. is 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 greater now because of the stresses that they are under. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So this podcast is is kind of about recognising that behaviour as well because. Um, especially if you're a people pleaser like me, you can mm. you can take it all internally and think, oh, it's my fault. I'm not doing a good enough job, or, or you know, customers always right, and all of those kind of things. When actually, it's them that's being a pain in the ass, and they're a drain on your resources, and you should let them go. Yeah, and you say a people pleaser like you. I think we we were both people pleasers. Mm. Like, I I it was only recovering people pleaser. A recovering people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you go to a regular meeting where yeah. you just walk up to people and punch them in the face. <laughs> yeah. That's the way you break being people pleaser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have dartboards of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just randomly yell at people just for no reason. So um, those rage rooms. Have you seen that? No. What's yeah, they a rage have, room? They have rage rooms where, where they, they make a, a like a room, like a an office or a kitchen or something, right. and, and you go in there with a baseball bat and just destroy the thing. Really? Yeah. The thing, you actually pay to do it. Really? Yeah. You'd think they'd be massively popular now, <laughs> yes. with all the stresses that are down there. Um, <clears throat> but I used to be a people pleaser as well. Like both of us were very big, because I think it's a difficult balance between being somebody who wants to serve. Like yes. you generally want, like if you're going into business or you're in business, you do, you're generally, especially if you're doing okay in business, it's not all about the money. It's normally about, uh, in fact, the money is a byproduct. Yeah of the good work that you're doing yeah. and the amount of people you manage to reach, right? So, but the fundamental first point is normally, how can I serve this community yeah. in the best possible way? And but when I used to work for Barclays Corporate Banking, they brought in this phrase of, um, how can you delight your customer? And it used to make my skin crawl. It's like, because you always said that it's, it's just, it's such a marketing yeah. type message, yeah. right? But but the principle's true. Yeah, yeah. And so... But there is a line that yeah, you yeah. have to demonstrate. You have to recognise when, hang on a second, that's not the right customer. And we yeah. used to jump through all sorts of hoops. And I don't know what the change was for me. 
I think we had, oh, I know what the change was for me. The reason why I stopped being a people pleaser is um, because we then, I'm going to keep this quite vague because people will recognise, like who are involved in the situation will recognise what I'm talking about. So, so I'm going to keep it reasonably vague. But I remember us investing heavily, like an enormous sum of money for what we had at the time and an enormous amount of time to in a particular project in this in in the business yeah that was for the sole benefit of those individuals we were, those clients if you want to call them that yeah. those clients that we were working for mm-hmm. and um and we were making a huge loss i think like nearly a five figure loss a month mm-hmm. on on that exercise mm-hmm. but we were investing it on the basis that it will come good in the end yeah. and and it will come good for them yeah, but they had first. to put the work in as well. They yeah. had to put the work. You know exactly what I'm talking I about, do don't now, you? Yeah. And um, and they had to put the work in first, but we were prepared to do the donkey work in, in terms of getting it set up, put all the money in it, and support them. Be basically twenty four hour mm-hmm. access to us, mm-hmm. all the money coming from us, all the time coming from us, and they still weren't picking up their end. Yeah, and we we had a meeting with them. Um, with them, uh, and I say them because it's plural, because it was several of them, and we had a meeting with them and said, right, we've been doing this, and just to give you an idea as to how committed we've been doing this for the last couple of months for you guys, we've invested this amount of money so far each month into this exercise for you, and we're making this much of a loss, and we're investing this much of time um, to get this off the ground for you guys. So I know, I know we said we were going to do this project, but we've gone at it hard for you guys mm-hmm. to get it. And our expectation as a response was, wow, okay, we hadn't understood the yeah. scale yeah. of the commitment that you guys have made. Yeah. And we're going to pull our socks up and run at this because we would never, we, we can't commit because they couldn't commit financially no. to the level we were. And, um, and we're going to now step up and run yeah. with it. And the response from this one individual, he just looked at us and he just went, it's not our problem though, is it? It's, that's your problem that you spent that. And I remember just jaw drop. Yeah, I was me like, too. What? I do, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a bit like when someone just hits you in the nuts, right? It's like, <laughs> it takes a couple of moments to just recalibrate and yeah. go, uh, how, do, how do I respond? Yeah. And, and we both were like, and, I was like, and because we were in a, in an, it, was, it was supposed to be quite a productive meeting. Yeah. My gut feeling was to go to lash out and go I beg your pardon what the hell are you saying but because that wasn't the appropriate thing we kind of well yes but can you see how we try to make it this positive spin and because I was in people pleaser mode exactly yeah that's it well I think it's not just people pleaser I think it's when you're solution driven as well and and I think that that's again why I wanted to kind of cover these points today because as a lot of entrepreneurs we are solution driven um and you know I I'm one of, uh, uh, you know, I'm not often quite proud of myself. As you know, I can be quite hard on myself. But one kind of personality trait of myself that I am quite proud of is I will always find a way. If somebody yeah. tells me no, I'm like, no, there's got to be a way and yeah. I will find it. Um, and I think that's a common trait with a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, there's got to be a way around. And so I think being solution driven, you you try and give solutions to the customers when there's not necessarily a solution or they've they've made it so there's not a solution. So, for example... With some of our franchisees over the years, people um, that have struggled with sales, you know, on more than one occasion, you've said, well, we'll do the sales for you or oh, we have yeah. done that. And 
and you think that's great we're providing a solution we're providing value but really and if they'd gone through everything themselves and then we'd gone to that solution fine yeah. but they should have been investing in sales courses or asking for help or practicing or all or these just things. implementing the strategy that was exactly. outlined at the outset because that was a fascinating thing for the, for those types of conversations where like you go through training and coaching and this isn't necessarily just for franchisees this is for staff and everything yeah. else it's a you go through the training and coaching and you, everybody signs off on, okay, we will do this. And then sure enough, you check when they're not delivering, you check in with them and go, right, so just walk me through what your process is. And it's the direct opposite of what they've been mm. coached and talked at. And then they complain there's no result from yeah. it. And um, yeah, it's, the, I, think, I think the problem is, because like, when, we, when, when we had that meeting, when I walked away from that meeting, I, I remember both you and I being absolutely livid. Yeah. Like, I, I was, it was a three-hour drive to do that meeting. Yeah. And I remember the drive home. I don't think I stopped ranting no. all the way home. I was just, I was so angry at the fact, because we were breaking our backs yeah, by, yeah. And, and, and taking on an enormous amount of risk for, for these individuals. And it was money out of our own pockets. Yeah, yeah. It, this wasn't just some pot. This, this was this was our money, yeah. our time. And uh, and I remember ranting all the way home, and I was like, "I'm done. Yeah, no longer going to be a people pleaser." Yeah, but I still didn't pull the trigger on um, sacking clients no. and sacking customers. Right, I, we still carried because in some way, shape, or form. Um, we felt that they were part of our future, yeah. and that um, we needed to. We, we would take all the punches because mm -hmm. without them, we wouldn't be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's a mistake yeah. like, because, because you, you need to be able to recognize the great players, the great customers you have, the great clients you have. Because when you step back, it's that 80-20 rule. Yeah, I've actually written that down yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, um, do you mind if I go into that a little bit? It's uh, um, like we went through hell last year, as many people did in 2020. Um, uh, and some of that that pain and discomfort was through the franchise network yeah. where we had um, some real pain with some of the previous uh, individuals who just hadn't performed previously and then yeah. they were looking at that as, okay, well, COVID's the way out now. Yeah. And, and, and what it did is it made us realise it was like, actually, the, the people, the clients that we had the most challenges with have historically taken up the most amount of our time, Absolutely. like 80% plus yeah. of our time on a weekly basis was spent yeah. in supporting and coaching those individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And 20% of our network re re required the least amount of our time, but produced a nearly 100% of the yeah, result yeah. for the company. Absolutely. And, and that was a big penny drop, wasn't yeah. it? Because it was like, oh, I get it. It's like, when you have the right clients, when you have the right franchisees, the right clients, the right customers, whatever, um, your relationship's on an entirely different level. Yeah, and you, you've got to look at it from a, um, a more kind of overview, you know, bigger perspective, um, like the bigger picture, because it, it goes for all things, not just firing bad clients, but bad projects that aren't working out and yeah. you, you really want that thing to work so you hold on to it, or bad staff that again, aren't working out, but they're really nice people, so you don't yeah. want to fire them. And you, you, you know, you've got to just kind of take those difficult decisions, swallow those, those bad pills and just, just do it because it's, it's so hard. I remember you and I, when we've had to fire staff before. Oh God. 
and we've like yeah. deliberated over it for days and weeks before and you don't know you don't know <laughs> neither well, of us want to do it neither of us wanted, <laughs> wanted to do it and um we have we always end up with quite a like we don't just invest we've never just invested in like for example with our franchisees or with us with with the staff with any of that we've we genuinely care about their well-being and about their future, right? This isn't just okay. Well, you you just you're part of a cog in your machine. We both felt very mm-hmm. passionate about the fact that we want these people to do really well and be really happy yeah. when they're working with us now, yeah. because that's the rewarding bit, right? Yeah, yeah. So, with staff when they when they were clearly dropping the ball, like, and you give them and you take them through the process because we have. And yeah, because yeah. we had to build systems um, within the business, um, we, which as we matured in the business, we, we realised that the systems have to give us indications when people weren't doing what they should be doing yeah. and then give those people every opportunity to do the right thing. But it also had to tell us and them when they were when they were whether it was an attitudinal thing mm-hmm. or if it, if it was if it was an attitudinal problem or if it was a skills problem. Yeah. Yeah? And Because you can fix a skills problem, mm-hmm. but you can't fix an attitudinal no, problem. No, which is right? exactly the same with clients. Yes. Yeah. And um, so what you do, what, the way we built the systems in the business was, right, okay, we need to be able to clearly identify between skills. Because if it's a skills problem, our, our view is if it's a skills problem, we will work for as long as it takes. If your attitude's right, we will work for as long as it takes to get your skills up. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it takes. We will mm-hmm. do it. But if it's an attitudinal problem, it's like, okay, well, then you go down the warning loops. It's like, because we can't correct attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so we set these measures up, didn't we? And then, and then the system was basically telling us, <laughs> okay, this person needs to go. Yeah. And, and then, and then we both sit there, wouldn't we, in the evenings and go, you should. <laughs> you're, you're, you're better at, at breaking that well, message You've got them. a better relationship with them than, we, than I have, or they've yeah, been working yeah. closely with you, not yeah, me. Yeah. And then you'd be, you'd be saying something like, yeah, yeah, but that's part of the problem. You're not, you're more clinical <laughs> than I am, so you should do it. And, and, and in the end, it would always end up with us both doing it. Well, no, it was often you, fair play to you, because I'm just useless at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been really tough ones, like where, where, where we've had to sit down with somebody who we, we genuinely care about, who, whose life is going in a direction that's not, where the role doesn't suit the life direction they're going. Yeah. It's like they are on, they're, they're just butting heads with what, yeah. what's required of them in the job. Yeah, and we've had tears like from people, and not it's from hard. Clients. Not from clients, <laughs> from staff. From staff. But and it's and it's a horrible experience. Yeah. But our your job as a as a company owner and a director, that are your um or a business owner, your responsibility is in the uh, preservation of that business yes. in the direction of that that business. So you get the positives of oh well, if it works, you get money and kudos and uh, reputation benefits and all that you get all of that yeah but the but as it does that that's the good side but the bad side is you have to be there when the tough decisions get made and you have to yeah you have to do the the really horrible bits yeah until you scale to a point where somebody else does that (laughs) but yeah it's and it's it's the same with um yourself as well you've got Mm -hmm. um you kind of you've got to fire your bad habits as it were Mm -hmm. as well so you've really got to try and just get rid of all these anchors in your business 
So, um, so what are the, the clients that you've kind of got to look out for? So, yeah, because that's the main one. Yeah, yeah. I, I identified four um, kind of, not personality type, client types that right. you really want to kind of look out for, build systems to kind of give you these warning signs if you're, if you're kind of too close to it, which especially is the case with, you know, uh, service-led businesses and um, like coaches and things like that. You know, you're very close to the clients and so sometimes it's difficult to, to see yeah. these things. Um, and for, for people where your client may be more of a kind of short-term thing, then these might not necessarily apply. So, okay. um, I, I don't know, maybe like a, a wedding dressmaker, for example. You might have a nightmare client, but they're only going to be with you a short amount of time. Uh, well, yes and no. Because there's an... Because I, I'd say the way I see a short-term... I, I see any client. Mm. Because potentially if it's... Like you say, a wedding dressmaker, that's somebody that could potentially be with you for months. Mm. And... Because I look at everything like that kind of stuff as an opportunity. There's an opportunity cost. Yeah. Right. When you're. But I mean, when, what I mean is, it's difficult to identify them as a bad client when you've only got a limited amount of interactions. Do you see what well, I, I mean? don't know. I think it's. <laughs> Sometimes we've it's been obvious. in a we've been in the events industry for a long time, yeah, and, yeah. and you can you can see pretty early on when Bright someone's going to be. Yeah, there's a reason why the term bridezilla exists, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, and that's <laughs> it. And that's not because the person's bad. It's because they're in a very... Most people are not used to creating an event. Yeah. So it's incredibly stressful. And yeah. you can, and as the event supplier, you can be the punch bag. Yes. Um, but no, I, I think you if you're in business, you rec recognise, oh, I've got someone who's going to be quite challenging mm -hmm. here. And you look at the paycheck of that and you might think, well, that's a really good... Uh, I'll do what it takes to get that. But there's an opportunity cost to that because... The, the following day or the following week, you could get your perfect client yeah. who has the same, you have a completely different relationship with, but you're not, you're now out of the loop because well, you're dealing with this person. Well, in those scenarios though, it's more of a case, which I, which I will cover off as well, of not taking on the client in the first place rather yeah. than firing them. Because you you do, as you as you grow in business, begin to see these warning signs. I mean, I had it with somebody the other day, didn't I, that well, I was talking to about mar my, our marketing services. Yeah. And really, they were just looking for free advice and freebies and just yeah, wasting like, our no, time. You. Yeah. So yeah, you you do kind of learn to recognise the signs of, of what they're what they're kind of aiming at and where yeah. where their um, intention lies. Well, it's and that goes back to having a clear <clears throat> idea as to your avatar, who your <clears throat> ideal customer is, yeah, and how close that person that you're speaking to fits that ideal, isn't yeah. it? It's like you can end up in a situation where. I mean, I remember getting rejected by when we were, uh, I was doing some marketing stuff for Smiley Booth. And I remember reaching out to a particular publication and saying, we do this and we do that. And they, and they literally just emailed me back and went, yeah, you're not the right fit for us. I remember that. And I remember going, <laughs> excuse me now. And, and I was really angry about it. Yeah. But in hindsight, I'm like, no, I get it. Like you have a very clear idea as yeah. to who your audience is, who your customer is. And and we're not the right fit for that. And that was even though we were gonna wave a check. I still want to get into that. Yeah, right. I know. I know. <laughs> See, like, actually, it can it can be a very powerful marketing tactic, actually. Yeah. 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 So. Saying no to business. I, I mean, that's really hard to do in the current climate, right? But, well, that one lady that you've you've mentioned it on another podcast, but a lady that we said no to still complains <laughs> about us two years later. <laughs> okay, so for those that haven't heard that, we we had an incident where. Uh, in 2014, uh, some, for Smiley Booth Photo Hire, someone inquired. I, we were out and about at events or whatever it is, and one of the team in the office took a booking 
for heighter season and they just misquoted basically they they missed price the the event and they t- and they agreed this booking with this lady and and they contacted me that same uh, the member of the team spoke to me that afternoon i think it was like within an hour of taking yeah, yeah. it or something and said oh yeah i've spoken to this such and such and taken the booking and it's this this and this and this and i said well you shouldn't have because you've entirely misquoted that booking you've, the pricing's all wrong and so on so on so on. and um and so i ended up calling that that person directly uh, the customer directly and just said i'm really sorry but um happy to do some other offer for you or something to make up or increase the service but the pricing that you've been given is or that's been suggested is completely wrong um but and i offered a load of stuff to try and help her and she said well i'm not prepared to pay that amount of money for to have smiley booth at my event and i said well we can do all these extras for you but we that that's not available but smiley booth's not available at those kind of pricings and she said well i'm not going to do it then i said okay well i'm very sorry and um years later she was like i couldn't have smiley booth and she was like posting on i could not have smiley booth at my event and and i saw it didn't yeah. i and i was going back to her and i was saying look i'm really sorry and i'm still happy to honor the original <laughs> offer like where i went back to you i'm still happy to do all of that but yeah it is it does stick with you when someone says no we're not prepared to do that yeah <laughs> yeah it's a great marketing strategy don't do it all the time though no, you no, never no. have a customer <laughs> yeah. so yeah let's look at these these uh, clients so clients that think they know best is mm. the first one um so Obviously, you can have discussions with your clients, especially if you are in the, in the realms of kind of marketing and business, they're going to have their own uh, um, ideas and, and that all of that's absolutely fine. But what I mean by clients that think they know best is clients that think they know how long something takes you to deliver or mm. how much it costs you or, mm. um, you know, what are the steps involved? Oh, well, you only do X, Y and Z, so surely it should be this amount and or should be ready by now or all of these things where they think that they know your job better than you do. And yeah, you want to avoid these people like the plague, really. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. at least if you're not, if you if you can't avoid them, or um, you know, you you in a situation where you've kind of got a lot of these clients, is because of miscommunication. Yeah. Um, and you really need to kind of work on educating them as to what you do and the value of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got somebody wanting to know the ins and outs of everything, it's like, well, why why do they need to know that? Yeah. The, the focus of the thing that they're purchasing is the end result, yeah. right? And it's their trust that you can create that end result. Yeah, exactly. And we've had that um, with franchisees as well when we've created um, certain opportunities for them, like the the wedding show opportunity that you were talking about. I think it was yesterday, no, day before the podcast mm. um, episode when um, we used to create opportunities for our franchisees to attend the uh, national wedding shows, uh, mm. which are large events in the UK. Say so used to, we will be doing again in yeah, the future. When they, when they just, come back. <laughs> we're currently in 2021 20, January. Yeah. So. Um, and like uh, groups of franchisees would get together, but the, and they, they, we'd ask them for a contribution, but they'd be like, well, well, what are your costs? And exactly what is this? And why did you do that? And it's just like, none of that's important. We've created this really big opportunity for you. Go use it. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cause the alternative is they pay the normal pricing, yeah. which is, four, five, six grand, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and do it all yourself. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 if you are a people pleaser, for want of a better phrase, it's very easy when someone challenges you to want to lift up your skirt and go, yeah, this is everything, you yeah. know, this is what I'm, this is a, this is, and, 
what you've got to recognize is, well, why are those people asking those things, right? Is it because they don't trust you? Mm-hmm. Is it because they don't trust what you're saying? It's, and it's like if you're starting a relationship or you're in a relationship where someone's asking you for your inside leg measurement every time you do something that is absolutely going to benefit them, it's like you've got to question, well, what, what, what is this relationship? Yeah. Should we, is, this actually meaning, is this actually an indication of something else? Am yeah. I in a situation where I'll never please you? Exactly. Because what you're actually do- what they're actually doing to you is a power move it's almost like a narcissistic thing yeah. it's like they're attempting to control you in some way or whatever it is and it's like that's a toxic relationship that you don't well, yeah, you'll never think, please them no and, and some of those kind of customers always see businesses as the enemy yeah. um, immediately you know they don't uh, which is especially difficult in small business because you know a lot of the time it is just you and a very small team and, mm. and the money that comes in is is the food on the table for your children you know it becomes quite a personal thing when people don't value that and they just see you as the enemy because you have to be selling something yeah. um, which you can get with with some customers so you, you just have to be yeah very careful of, of those people and if you're struggling with one of them just you say don't think we're the right fit <laughs> yeah I mean well, you get that with pricing conversations right yeah. you'll get a customer that will turn around to you and say well I can get it down the road from here and and I, I, I can get it for this cheap and that. It's like, fine, go down the road. And yes. Have like confidence in what you're doing. Don't be browbeating into knocking down pricing or having to explain away like the intricacies of your service or your product to yeah. justify a price pricing difference between the guy, the business owner down the road who's being entirely suicidal about his pricing. His product or service might be equal to yours in terms of what it delivers, but his business now might be completely out the window, which means that, I mean, we see it in photo booth hires all the time, right? We we, uh, talk to our franchisees about the fact that, okay, look, this is your pricing bracket, and the pricing bracket is there for several reasons. One, to protect your, uh, to ensure that all your costs are met, also to protect your profit margins, but also to ensure that you're talking to the right customer, right? Mm -hmm. That, That you get the right customer. If you go, uh, in the wrong position pricing wise that affects one whether you make any money at all if you make a loss and it also opens you up to a different marketplace mm-hmm. and we would see competitors going out for a quarter of what we would go mm-hmm. out for and then and they would last six months 12 well, months 18 that, months in the business one of the things that you miss there is that you're protecting the future of the business by Gosh, yeah. more because um otherwise as these these uh, companies that you refer to disappeared because they couldn't afford to market. They couldn't. They didn't have any reserves if anything went wrong. All of these things. Well, the whole reason why we're able to still talk about Smiley Booth today. Mm-hmm. So we're in January of 2021, and obviously COVID here like at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, and many months. yeah many events industry uh, events industry professionals and businesses have gone under over the last obviously 12 months. In fact, the events industry is in has never ever experienced anything like this like many industries and it's shrinking by a great extent and that's we have a view that it's like an elastic band being pulled back so the moment the green light gets there's a massive expansion on the other side but irrespective of that the reason why smiley booth photo booth hire has been able to navigate that is because we we've been able to reinforce how create buffers in the business yeah. and strategies in the business based on profit margins and all yeah. of those things that labels enable us to navigate more difficult times yeah. right whereas if we were the 
I don't know, the 25% of our pricing rule just to get loads of bookings yeah, and everything yeah. else. We would have been dead in the water with by the first month. Well, before even that. Yeah. <laughs> we exactly. wouldn't have got that far. And that and that's what a lot of these, in those situations, we would, you know, warn the customer and just say, you know, if you want to go with Joe Blogs down the street, that's absolutely fine. Just please do your research. Be aware yeah. that people that charge a lot less can, um, you know, not necessarily be around for your event in 18 months' time. Yeah. So we would just give them that kind of nugget of advice and then say, but, you know, by all means, it's your decision. Well, and this goes back to what we were talking about in previous episodes about mindset. Your headspace as a business owner is really important. And having a scarcity mindset, they mm. talk about all the time, or a abundance, I forgot yeah. the word then, abundance <laughs> mindset. And when you, when you are constantly working from an abundance mindset, you start to realise that it's not that bad saying no to a customer. Mm. There'll be somebody else that will come along who will be your right customer. Mm-hmm. And that's always been our philosophy, right? Yeah. If you talk to enough people, you'll find the right customer yeah. for you. Yeah, exactly. So um, clients that constantly complain um, is another mm-hmm. one. Um, you are going to get complaints. That's just life. You are going to drop the ball. Your team's going to drop the ball. Um, you know, fate's going to come and smack you around the face every now and then. <laughs> things happen, yeah. you know. Um, things go wrong. Things go wrong. Uh, and, and you shouldn't be afraid of that because that, that's just life. So you will get complaints and um, there are ways to obviously handle that. And we're going to do a podcast, we've said about this before actually, aren't we, on complaint handling and, yeah. um, and service control. So um, that's going to happen. But somebody that you've got that continually complains for no reason um, or for very, very little things that don't mean anything are alarm bells. You know, they're they're looking for ways to kind of get a refund or get a reduction or something like that normally. Or you're just a punch bag. Yeah. You know, and there's there, you are an easy outlet for them just to go because you because they know they're not going to get a negative consequence by lashing out at you. Mm. You know, if, if especially if you're if you're in a service, I suppose it's different if you're in a product based business because you can just sell the widget. If they don't like it, just do a refund. Goodbye. That's the mm-hmm. end of it. But if you're in a service based business it's easy to get punched around because the a lot of service-based industries uh, a lot of the service-based industry is built on the premise that you'll get repeat custom yeah over and over again so you can easily get beaten around by somebody who just thinks and when you're constantly going oh okay yep yeah, yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry then you're an easy outlet yeah and but standing by and just going no we're not tolerating that anymore and well the way to kind of mitigate it is to really understand your your processes and your staff so for example um in using smiley booth again um we would sometimes get a complaint after the event mm-hmm. um and you know sometimes that was justified something had gone amiss or had been a late start or something like that um but a lot of the time we we were in this situation where you know the staff had already told us before we'd spoken to the customer that they had a great event and yeah. you know they'd come and get buzzing a lot of the time because you know it was, it was a fun atmosphere the, the work that we we did and I use past tense because even not in 2020 we're not on the front line anymore so now that we all have franchise we have franchisees only so that's why well we haven't tense. delivered photo booth hire events ourselves or with our own team yeah, 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 for, so for quite a while because, yeah, we've been franchising for quite a few yeah. years. I just wanted to make that clear in case people think that I'm using past tense because it's all done and finished because it's no, not. No, no, not very much, no. <laughs> so uh, so when, when we had our team, um, you know, they, they were, as I say, they'd be buzzing, they'd come in and, oh, that was a great event and, yeah, oh, did you see? You know, they, it had clearly been a, a, something that had gone very well. And then the next morning or a couple of days later, we get a complaint and it was always like, 
well, that, that doesn't make any sense. No. Because our team were very honest. You know, they would come in and say if, if something had gone wrong. Well, we had a very close relationship with our yeah, staff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, we started to realise, and, and this was through speaking to other event of suppliers as well in, in, um, or in the entertainment industry, that you, you kind of get this, um, it's, a, it's a form of buyer's remorse in um any events primarily in weddings but also in kind of parties and stuff as well where there's a bit of a letdown the next day there's a disappointment there's been this huge event that they've been planning for a year 18 months even two years that's suddenly over and they have this kind of deflation and they want to kick out at someone and you get sometimes these complaints over nothing yeah um well they just want to punch out yeah exactly because they're feeling low yeah exactly so um we started to to realize this i mean it didn't happen often but it happened enough for us to think there's something not right here so we created satisfaction forms um and uh, that the either the bride or groom or someone close to them would complete on the night so that we could get a picture of being there because we weren't there yeah and then we also uh, just to put it into perspective we um we had a team of 26 staff we were delivering anywhere between 45 50 to 60 events a month yeah so there was just it was impossible for us to yeah. be at every event. Oh, well, exactly. So we, we had the satisfaction forms. We had job sheets, which would give us really clear details of what was going on in the night. So that the time they arrived, the time they started, how many photos were taken, all this information. Well, and the uh, the equipment itself would document like it would automatically well, document everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as as our equipment got more sophisticated, we could actually remote log in and mm. see what was going on as well. Um, and if the events were very local to us. We we would go and do like mystery shopper spot checks every now and then yeah. as well. So we had all these methods of, of being able to see more so that we weren't blind. And that's exactly what it is. So if you get this, and one particular example, <laughs> I remember that we had um, this groom complain. Um, and funnily enough, the, the uh, member of staff that we had out happened to know a lot of people at the event. Oh, yeah, I so remember she, this. I've forgotten about this. So she remembered the event very, very well because she... Well, she loved it. Yeah, she'd had a great time herself. She'd been talking to lots of people that she hadn't seen for many years, like when they were lining up to use the photo booth. Yeah. And, and she remembered it in detail. Um, and she remembered the bride and groom being in there and they were having a great time. And she was completely flummoxed as to why these people were complaining. Well, she even messaged us... Um, as so because we had obviously so many events going on all the time we'd often unless something went wrong we'd often not know too much about the event until the next day yeah and um, but she'd literally at the end of that event night sent us both a message just saying had an amazing event I think she actually said thank you I think she yeah. actually said thank you for this this opportunity this job it's, it's such yeah. a fun way to had make a great a, night make, an, make a living yeah exactly yeah. yeah and so so we were just like well great we've got we assume we had a really happy customer. Yeah. We had a really happy member of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, again. and then um, and then this chap complained, and um, but he just in this particular example didn't have a leg to stand on because one we obviously had the the team member, but that wasn't enough. I think you should always support your staff, but you know it becomes There's always two sides. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a their word against his. But we had the job sheet filled in his bride had signed the satisfaction form and written this is amazing yeah. <laughs> to which he said oh she was drunk it's like well she was sober enough to write <laughs> well <laughs> so. the, the premise of his the main premise of his complaint was that um so with photo without going into too much detail with photo booth hires there's a couple of things you have to do in the night if you have a really busy night and the photo booth is really popular so one is obviously you've got to start on time but the other is that you might have to change ink in the night so uh, because they've just used up all the paper and ink um and his 
predominantly his complaint was that she'd started late and that the photo booth had been down for an enormous amount of time um, halfway through the event. And so subsequently he'd only had the photo booth for a certain amount of time. And of course we record everything. The photo booth started exactly when it was supposed to start. And the time that it had been down mm. um, was for like five minutes. And it literally was, because you can see when the last photo was taken and the next photo started. Yeah. So it was like a five minute gap. But again, buyer's remorse, as you talk about, yeah. in terms of the down on the other side. In his mind, that, that for whatever reason, there was an enormous problem. Yeah. And because we had these systems and processes in place, we could evidence back to him. And when we evidenced it back to him and just yeah. said, look... I think there's some confusion here. Um, here's the actual data. Yeah. He he immediately apologized and said, yeah. "Okay, yeah, hands up, mm -hmm. I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I have no yeah, the complaints not justified." Exactly. So, yeah, if you've got constant complaints, um, you know, obviously work to find out why that is. But a large amount of the time, it's the client's fault. It's their perspective, or it's their uh, what did you say at the beginning? Attitude, and you can't you can't change that. Well, it's not a large percentage of time because there's if there's, it, if there's a, a yeah yeah you you can evidence when who's at fault a lot easier when you have systems in place to do yeah. so. So when you're dealing with things when you're starting out in business and you don't have many customers, like you might be thinking, listening, or watching this, thinking, well, well, I don't get any complaints. Yeah, like and a complaint would be mortifying. There's no <laughs> yeah. way I would deal with a complaint. We never got one complaint in our business up until nearly 200 events. I think it was about 180 events a year we were doing as Smiley Booth, Photo Booth Hire. And it was just us personally. And when you're doing that many events, you can pretty much be at every event. Mm. So when Or at least involved with. We did in, have help, but yeah. Yeah, we'd have staff, but yeah. we would be pr still pretty hands-on yeah, on every yeah, event. Yeah. So when you're dealing with what really is not very many numbers in a year... It's you can touch everything. So yeah. it means that when something even slightly looks like it's going to fall over, you see it early and you correct it. Or when it does fall over, you're all over it to such an enormous degree that the client is just blown away by your commitment. Yeah. But when you scale, so you go, so we didn't get any complaints when we started getting, until we started getting over 200. And when I say the number of complaints, I mean, you're talking a tiny percentage, never got into double figures. Yeah. I don't think we ever, I think we got something like 2% or, mm. of all our events ended up as a complaint. So, it was less than that. No, it's 1%. Yeah, it's a tiny, tiny fraction, but you still take it really personally mm. as a business owner. That's why we remember these complaints, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because it's, it's still a tiny fraction. But you can't scale without getting complaints because suddenly you're relying on your systems mm -hmm. and you're relying on your people. It's no longer you mitigating it all the time. And so you have to have systems that support the people that also gives you the right feedback loops so that you can correct any issues that happen but you if and if the systems become good enough then which comes over time by the way it's, you, you, it, it's never something that you just start on day one with and it's all built and it's perfect <laughs> that doesn't exist yeah. you build it over time and um, but if you, if you get good enough you start recognize oh this isn't a system problem this isn't a, this isn't our people problem this has got nothing to do with us. It's yeah. got to do with the customer. Exactly. Or the yeah. client. Yeah. And and that takes the pressure off you. Yeah, yeah, completely. So um, clients that drain your resources or are needy. Um, <laughs> so they can kind of encompass the first two as well. But you can just get some people that are hard work. <laughs> yeah. Plain and simple. And Well, um, they expect 
too much from you. Yeah, and there's just a, a, a disconnect. So, I mean, I can give an example of somebody um, that I was doing, I was helping with their marketing. And again, I need to be quite vague here in, in case the, the person, individual is listening, but um, they, they were perfectly fine, but what they'd employed me for was quite specific. And they, and they were, were really nice people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they and they weren't complaining or anything like that. But they would ask my advice, um, which it I goes to show. Sorry, I know who you're talking about right from the outset. Yeah. <laughs> which was which I was happy to share, um, and you know I, I wanted them to do well, and it was kind of over and above what they had um, explicitly kind of paid for. But that was fine. But they would never, ever, ever take it. So mm. I'd... Oh, what, the advice you give? Yeah, you so like it that. would be like a half an hour, 45 minute, hour phone call, which, you know, when I'm obviously very busy anyway, is a big drain. Over and above what you'd already committed yeah, to yeah, for yeah. the person. Yeah. And they'd ask, and I'd kind of reply with, oh, well, you should look at this and do that, and, da, 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 and they'd be like, uh-huh. Anyway, what about that? And they just weren't paying attention to anything they were asking me. So well, they didn't was, value your time. Exactly. So, so they... Was, they felt that you were some kind of constant resource that they could just take at any point. Yeah. <laughs> so they so you had a very specific role that they were employing you for. Yeah. Like they said, right, I've got this problem, you had the solution for it and you said, right, okay, I'm I can do that for you and it'll cost you this. And that and and, and this is the outcome of me doing it. And it's like yeah. great. The moment they got you on you got came on board, yeah, they would be like, but what about this over here? Have you thought about this? And it's great that they understood that you were you, you had the understand that mm. you had the knowledge yeah. but yeah they'd never take on board anything that you said no. i think they liked the idea of having the conversation yes and and in all honesty which is probably wrong on my part i don't i don't mind doing that you know because well, you I, like this you exactly, enjoy doing we it. enjoy talking about marketing and, and sharing the the kind of knowledge that we've grown over the years and um and this person was a nice person and i'm happy to do that but when somebody shows over and over again that they're just not listening they're not valuing that your time at all then you've got to let that go because it's just a drain it's the 80 20 thing yeah they're taking away that 20 percent is is causing you to lose in 80 percent of other areas well it's, yeah know? it's massively affecting your opportunity cost. Yeah, exactly. and um the problem is when you're not massively busy um so and, and i should imagine a lot of us are in that situation because of lockdown and stuff like that yeah you it's you'd start devaluing the the, the your t your own time yeah. so if you start thinking about for example um well, i want to i want to build i want to do some networking or i want to build some business uh, i want to get into this element of the business or anything like that. very easy for people like that to come into your life and you and you will give them all of this like value yeah. and time. But the problem is, once you, but you've conditioned them to think that that's appropriate. Yes. So when you get busy yeah, down yeah, the road, yeah. you're, you're then still, you've created this relationship that, that it becomes quite, it doesn't become toxic, it just becomes very difficult because every time they send you a message or they reach out, you're yes. like, you're like, oh, I've got to respond. Yeah, and I know it's yeah. going to be a half hour call or an hour yeah, call or yeah. anything like that. And I think we've been really guilty of that in loads of things in our in business because again we have been people pleasers and we're passionate about what we want to share and so we've kind of been like yeah call us whatever and then you kind of and people take advantage of that so well advantage i think is the wrong word well yeah. well maybe advantage is the right word they, they don't do it in a um not in a malicious way not in a malicious no no yeah. no, 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 no they're just, just not like, valuing your time that's, that's yeah, it it's because simple. you've given your time no value yes 
Yeah, so you said, oh, it's there for free. Yeah. And, and it has... And my giving up at this time has zero consequence on anything else. So yeah. Do, do and I'm sat, and they, and you create this vision of yourself for them that you're just sat around waiting for them yeah. to call, right? And, and so in in those scenarios, it might not be that you fire that client, but it might be that you do have to have a blunt conversation with them. Yeah, just re-educate them. Uh, yeah, and just make the boundaries clear. Um, and and say you know in that example I I would have said something along the line I mean that that um, kind of contract came to an end anyway so it, it, the issue just went away but yeah. in that kind of example I could have said you know you have employed me for this I'm happy to help you with X Y and Z but you you need to you know book a, a proper call with me um you know paid call or um you know we'll look at this but we'll um we'll start working with you in that regard you know if you're yeah. you're wanting but these work are the on parameters. your website for example we'll yeah, yeah we'll take that the, on yeah exactly these are the parameters of that yeah. this is how i'm going to commit to it and that's that and it's your the problem is you i mean we're a lot harder now with our time yeah a lot harder we have to be exactly yeah. because we've suddenly got busy yeah but if I was to speak to my younger self yeah. about it, I'd yeah. be saying, no, you have to have the same mindset about your time, yeah, you even when you're not really busy, because yeah. otherwise you you create these patterns of behavior where you're constantly being pulled from one thing to the next yeah, thing. Yeah. And we have a lot of people now, uh, Not, I'm not talking hundreds here, but we have dozens of people now that rely on us mm. in some way, shape or form, right? That they... The, the rely on our expertise or experience in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And we're quite clear with everybody that we're really busy, yeah, yeah. but we still value you. Yeah. And if you need to speak to me about something that we're doing for you, yeah. let's book a time in to do it. Yeah. And they all understand that, I think, yeah. now. And we had to do that a bit with the franchisees as yeah. well, because we created the same scenario for the franchisees. Any issues, any yeah, time, yeah, yeah. just reach out and... Yeah. Um, some some franchisees would be like messaging us at nine thirty at night, ten at night. Yeah, oh, which is this. difficult, right? Because uh, and I will always stand by this. I've always said to the franchisees that if they're, I never want someone to be left in the lurch. So oh, if they're God, on an yeah, event yeah. and it's a technical issue, and they even if it's care, one in the morning, exactly, yeah. I will wake up and answer the phone, and I have done that. Um, but you then get the people that do that anyway. <laughs> and it's like a really non-urgent issue. And you're like, really? Yeah, we could, do, we could talk about this tomorrow during the day yeah, if we book exactly. a time. Yeah. So and that's the have, difficulty. Yeah, and I think the person that taught us that the most was Siam Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, episode 29, I think it is. Um, he, uh, um, he just became very precious about his time. Yeah. And, um, and we watched the transformation in his productivity, his yeah. headspace and everything else. And we were like, oh. Well, you and you to need to, because I'm I'm a big fan of like under promise and over deliver when you're as a business strategy and and just in life really. Mm. But you need to be aware of of when that's for the right, not the right people, but for the right reasons and the right, not just to kind of people please and make yourself feel better and um and because because you want to, but then you kind of resent when they don't appreciate it like we did with in the first example that you were given when we were giving so much well i remember you saying um i can't remember what it what it was in relation to but i remember you somebody you did something for somebody and and they just ran and they sent you a message going something along the lines of i really appreciate all your work and thank you so much for doing this and i remember you going that's all I ever want. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't care about anything else. If someone's just grateful yeah. and they and they say to me, "Thank you so much for all of it." But that comes back to the love languages. That's my love language. Uh, yeah, gratitude. it's like 
But if someone doesn't do that, yeah, (laughs) but it's so true. I mean, just another example of a a small micro business is my mum. My mum's a music teacher, and she, you know, people think, okay, that's a half an hour lesson, and I can't remember what she charges at the moment. I think it's twelve pounds, and that that's what they're paying for. But she does loads of work prior to it, and she's like creating music, writing music, and buying books. And and at the moment, because she's doing it on Zoom, she's posting things and all of this stuff. And she was um, saying to me the other day that she she's been making these CD recordings for people, and then putting them in the post so that they they've got something to play with. You need to tell her nobody owns a CD player. (laughs) (laughs) But it's because she can't obviously play along with them because she's not physically there, and and the Zoom doesn't quite work on that. So she's been sending musical recordings. And a, a lot of these kids, because they're kids, yeah. haven't even been opening them. <gasps> and she was because so... they don't know what a CD is. <laughs> they get it out and they're like, it's like a round mirror. <laughs> Why has it got a hole in the middle? <laughs> no, I think she's been doing like MP3s and stuff. But anyway, okay. so, so but she was really upset and she was quite resentful. Like, oh, you know, but I get it because she's put all this time. But they don't realise that. So no. you've got to be careful with how much you're giving to a project and and to somebody and and to make sure that your customers are valuing your time yeah yeah and that's about managing expectation with your customer yeah. from the outset and having very clear boundaries yeah boundaries in terms yeah, yeah. Of we are taking you from a to b it, 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 obviously this is predominantly service delivery stuff but we are taking you from a to b these are the conditions in which this will be delivered yeah. and this is what we would do if it doesn't get delivered yeah um, and then anything you want to add of, on top in terms of as a value add um, d- to wow your customer, uh, don't include it in that, in that A to B. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. do it anyway. It can be part of your systems and processes. But if they're, it's like they're going above and beyond, yeah. you can create wow experiences um, on top as part of your systems. But you don't necessarily have to shout about it. Yeah, all the time, yeah. Just just be careful what you're what you're kind of promising and and. And who you're transacting with. Well, so, sorry, just to say, because that can be a consequence of your uh, need, desire to get money. Yeah. Right? If when you're in a desperate state where you're just ha- really happy to get a client and it's like, I just need somebody to pay me. Yeah, because, you throw everything at it. Yeah. And then you end up over-promising because yes. you've... And I'd be very guilty of that. You've hit me over the head several times about, Jesus Christ, Lee, you've just committed us to do all of this stuff. Well, it's, it's a trait with good salesmen a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, they will throw in extra stuff and, and then you have the back office team going, no what did you say that for do you realize how much work goes into that (laughs) yeah so it's yeah you've got to just because of the thrill of closing a sale or getting paid or or whatever it is you've got to kind of wind it back yeah yeah exactly um and so the the last one is is a much more kind of clear-cut obvious one is the clients that don't pay uh, (laughs) or underpay you know they they're constantly looking for discounts or free don't pay on time Yes, yeah. Not um, just don't pay, but don't pay on time. And so the way to kind of mitigate that, um, I mean, they're, they're the easier ones to fire because obviously it's, it's kind of a much more kind of clear-cut thing. But my advice as someone that absolutely hates chasing people for money, I loathe it, is to get someone else to do it for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. You know, get a bookkeeper or get somebody that's comfortable having those conversations and then they can be a lot more clear-cut with it. But I have money issues as I've put my hands up before and it's one of my triggers and I, I hate asking people for money. So it becomes a, an issue. Yeah, really I mean, were you, yeah, uh, fran- whether it's invoicing franchisees or invoicing clients and anything like that, mm-hmm. it's that when someone doesn't pay on time, um, 
there's a message that's being sent back to you. Well, they're not, is, they're not valuing you. Exactly. And they're not respecting you either. No, and, it's, and you could say, okay, well, it happens once. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Everyone People slips forget up. But, yeah, exactly. But if someone's doing, if you've got a, a situation where you have a relationship with a, you're a service delivery, for example, and that there's a, I don't know, a, an arrangement where they have to pay you every week or every month or yeah. whatever it is, and you have the same blasted conversation every month yeah. or every week, you got to start thinking, well, hang on a second, what's the, where, there needs to be a course correct in this yes. relationship. So, and that's a difficult conversation to have, yes. right? And sometimes that course correct has to be quite forceful. It yeah. has to be, right, okay, we either do this or we don't do this. Yes. And um, and again, these are difficult times. So people are like, well, I don't want to sack a customer that's yeah, paying yeah. me a monthly revenue. But think of the time that you are investing in chasing that. Yeah. And could that be better spent getting a better customer? Yeah. Well, and another couple of ways to do it, and you see this with uh, software service providers all the time, is that either a yearly payment or a contracted payment, like on something like GoCardless, they'll do slightly cheaper. Yeah. Um, so that they know they haven't. And, and even though GoCardless and things will cost you a little bit more because you've got to pay for that service with something like GoCardless, it's worth it because you haven't got this opportunity cost where you're the one or you're paying somebody to chase, 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 which is not a good experience for anyone, including the customer. No. Um, you know, so it's it's trying to get something on GoCardless or payment in advance. Yeah. I mean, we absolutely point blank refused and have always done in our photo booth business to not be paid before an event. Oh yeah, if, no, yeah. We've did I had. Just say that the wrong way around. We refuse uh, so to not be paid. No. We oh, always yeah, get payment. Yeah, we yeah, always yeah. get payment up front. Yeah. So we we <laughs> will take a deposit. Then. Yeah, <laughs> we would take a deposit upon booking, and then we get paid thirty days before the event is delivered. Yeah. It's like that's always been our rule. We've done that for twelve years. Yeah. We teach our franchisees to do that. It's like you and, get paid. Yeah, and very occasionally we'd have someone that insisted on paying on the day because they didn't want us not turning up or something like that. Even if we did that, which was very, very rare, we still told the staff, you do not press go until we have the payment in your hand. Well, and, and again, this is... too hard to chase afterwards. Yeah, so this is a good example of um, either sacking a customer or, um, or or not taking on a customer. So we had a Smiley Booth Photo Booth hires worked with some of the biggest companies on the planet. So Disney, oh, Coca-Cola. Yeah, all of, those, <laughs> all of those huge, great companies to deliver... Um, like experiential marketing campaigns for them using our our software and photo booths and all this kind of stuff. So, so which is great, which we're really proud of. But um, <laughs> what will often happen is these large companies will we will say, they'll come to us and they'll say we want you to do X Y Z proof. Can you do it? And we'll be like absolutely. This is the price to do it. And they'll think they'll be like, fantastic. Right, we're bringing you on board. And our payment terms are, and and we would often go. We'd often respond and go. No 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 no. It's not the way invoicing works. It, we invoice you for the work that we're doing for you and the, our invoice has payment terms associated with it. Yeah. We, like, fine, you have your own invoicing terms, but these are our payment terms for our service. And then you'd often get these people in these offices for these huge corporations going, I'm confused. <laughs> Why are you responding in this way? But we normally pay 30 or 60 or 90 days after you've delivered your service. Yeah. And we'd say, that's not the way we work. If yeah. you want Smiley Booth at your event to deliver what we've just suggested... These are our payment terms. And then they go, let me come back to you. And then they disappear off and then they come back and go, right, we've managed to find this company credit card. Can we pay you using that? And we're like, yeah. fine. And that's intimidating for a small business, talking to a large corporate, because you think, oh, I don't want to jeopardize this relationship so early on. But 
here's the reason why you need to play hardball with these people because you're just dealing with somebody who works in an office at the end of the day and you can play hardball with these people. When you don't play hardball, it can really bite you in the backside. So we had, and I'm going to call them out on this because it was disgraceful behaviour. We'll probably never get hired by them again, but who cares? Well, no, we already fired them as a client. We, we fired them as a client, yeah. Yeah, yeah they might be fired them as a client. So we had Tesco's. So I don't know if Tesco's is in, I don't think Tesco's is in America, is it? No, it's uh, it's connected. To, no, it's not connected to anything. I'm thinking as okay. it's connected to Walmart. No, it's no, it's not. Yeah. Right. So Tesco's is a massive supermarket chain in the UK. Anybody listening in the UK knows exactly what I'm talking about. So anybody in the US that's listening or somewhere else that may not be familiar, but it's basically one of the biggest supermarket chains in the UK, yeah. if not the biggest. And um, they approached us and said, "Look, love what Smiley Booth doing because we're in an unusual situation as Smiley Booth Photo Booth Hire in that." We have the ability to cover the whole of the UK, Ireland, into Europe and everything else because of our franchise network, which most photo booth suppliers don't have that, normally very localised to Mm -hmm. one particular area. So Tesco's came to us and said, would you be able to supply uh, for us to do a national campaign in our stores? And we were like, Wonderful. We priced it out for them. Well, no, we did. But sorry, just take you back a step. We did do a couple of events for them. Yeah. Before they came to us for this arrangement, and they, they had, all, and they were always late payers on that. But but we'd get it from them eventually. But when they wanted to do this other thing, they changed their terms. That, well, that's when we fired them. As a yeah, because basically they had suggested that uh, because it was a bigger deal. Yeah. They said, "Oh, we have to process you in a normal supplier route." Yeah. Right. So we were like, "Okay, all right, we'll we'll play that game." And they said, "You'll get your payment." 30 days afterwards, and this is one of the few occasions where we actually agreed to this with a large corporate, yeah. which is completely against our normal invoicing terms, but we figured the deal was big enough. And they were like, you're going to be our recommended supplier for the yeah. whole group. We were like, we were just thinking, Jesus, this is a massive opportunity for Smiley Booth Photo Booth Hire. So we rolled out uh, this campaign uh, in their stores and it started off with a handful of stores, didn't it? The small small number of their stores with the view that this was probably going to carry on for the rest of the year and it's going to be huge. And we didn't get paid 30 days later for the work that we just done. And we kept chasing them, kept chasing them. We had to chase them for six months to get paid. Six months to get paid from them. And we were just getting apology after apology after apology for them. And passed around. Passed around department from department. And in the end, we just said, we're done. We're not... We refused to do any more work with them until they paid their original invoices. They yeah. finally paid us six months later. And then um, and we, we sat in the office and we said, I don't care how big the opportunity is. That could have, if we... If we well, no, the been... thing that, that turned it was they sent us um, some update to their payment system. They wanted us to fill in this Do- war big and document. peace document. Well, and we were like, no way. <laughs> well, we, I ended up, I ended up uh, speaking to one of the guys in their, uh, in their supplier management, whatever it is. And I just said we're not going to be your customer. We're not going to be your supplier anymore because six months is unacceptable. I've never to treat small business in that way yeah. is disgraceful for 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 a large corporation. So we're done, and, and we agreed that we're just going to second, irrespective of what potential opportunities down the road, because we couldn't trust we were going to get paid. Yeah. And it's and we were refusing work yeah, exactly. to do work for them. So we said we're done. And then literally a couple of months later, we got an email from their team. No, calls from their team saying, we really want you to be our suppliers for the network. We, and it was from a different person in the department that had no idea of the, the challenges. Would you mind being our suppliers? We've got some paperwork that we need you to complete for you to be a formal supplier. And this is where you got to stick to your guns because they made it all sound really nice. And they said, there's loads of opportunities. And we said, absolutely not. Yeah. 
we're done. We we and we sacked you as a customer, yeah. and we we well, will and not as work. Say, and the paperwork was just insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we said we will not work for Tesco's, <laughs> and you might think to yourself, "Oh, Jesus Christ, you just missed out on a massive opportunity." But it's only an opportunity when you get paid for it. Yeah, yeah. If you run the risk of not being paid for it, then it's it's just ego. It's not it's not money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, you got you got to be really careful with uh, these the kind of big corporates if you are working in events because there's a, probably a lot of event suppliers listening to this going you're so insane we always work with corporates and, and their payment terms rule and and they do to a point uh, there are companies that we do work with on a regular basis yeah. that is 30 day payment terms but that's because we've got trust with them and we know that they will pay us oh and they and they honor it like <laughs> that's when what they, I mean. yeah they yeah. say when they say 30 payment it's like literally day 30 the payment's yeah, made exactly but you have to trust that they because in tesco's in hindsight at the time i don't know what the situation is now is because we're going back we're going back a handful of years now but at the time when we'd gone through all of that and we sat there and we then later found out that they did have a reputation for really treating mm. small businesses very very badly yeah. and you, so doing your research when you get a corporate a large corporate knock on the door and say okay i'm interested in using you definitely do your research because yeah. had we done that beforehand we would never accept it well and if it's just a one-off as well you know you, you're perfectly valid as you say saying your payment terms i mean we, we've worked with amazon on, on many occasions i mean you can't really get bigger yeah. as a company than that and they've paid up front um yeah, yeah. that's a crazy thing exactly. right it's... so it doesn't have to be like oh just because they're big that you that you have to do it their way um you know analyze the opportunity don't you don't have to be completely steadfast fast on that um you know do do analyze what well, sainsbury's which again for uh, this isn't necessarily one that outside of the uk that many will be aware of i don't think some in europe i think mm. but sainsbury's another supermarket chain needed us <clears> to do a, a multiple campaign across stores and they paid us up front yeah they are they said oh our payment terms are and they said, but it's we're invoicing you <laughs> and so we said the same thing you put this is our payment terms and yeah. there was the same kind of discomfort their side and they're like Fine, done. We'll pay you up front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's not just because they're the big boys doesn't mean that you necessarily have to roll over. No. So how do you fire a client? Just to kind of round up. Um, so first of all, a couple of things that we've we've said in here to kind of mitigate whether there is the need to fire the client um, and that you're not just having a bad day. <laughs> Um, so, you know, check your, first of all, check the communication. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. It, it Has there been miscommunication? Because that obviously leads to lots of kind of false scenarios and confusion and all sorts of things. So so make sure your, your communication is, has been really clear um, right the way through and that you've got clearly set boundaries as well. Um, and, you know, put the systems in place like we did with our satisfaction forms and job forms so that you've got eyes on whatever is that's going on so that you can you can really kind of see the true picture. Um, if that's all in place and you you still want to fire your client, go ahead. <laughs> but um, but do check your contract because uh, we've known someone recently um, where the client in, in our mastermind group where the client is being out of order, mm. but in their contract they're in a little bit of a sticky wicket and um so in, in cer certain scenarios you might just kind of want to swallow it if if your contract doesn't protect you um oh i'm um, sorry and making the contract really obvious to your client mm. because we had a situation um with a supplier um where we'd agreed to buy we put a deposit down we had a really good relationship with the company owner great relationship with the company oh, yeah, owner yeah. and um we met this company owner um 
I've known the guy for years. We met the company owner at an exhibition. He did a presentation for some some st- uh, software and equipment for us. And at the time we said, love it. And uh, he did a particular deal. And so we handed over, we, we literally handed over a, like, a, a deposit down on it. And, um, and then he sent all the, like an email through and everything else saying, great, here's the invoice um, and, and so on and so on. So we paid the deposit. Now, this was something like in the December or January of 2020. And then, of course, COVID happened. And I think the payment invoice was due in something like the March, but at the end of March. And well, that then, was after a deposit because we paid another 50%. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, no, I don't think we had. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But anyway, COVID then happened in the March and we could see what the hell was going on because of how close we was. And this particular product at the time was no longer relevant. It was it, it wouldn't be relevant until the current risks, which we're still living in now, had passed. So um, we said, look, just keep the deposit, um, and we, but we won't be buying this this particular product at this time until the world settles back down. And the gentleman actually came back to us and said, oh no no no, because the, our contract terms are that you still have to pay, and it was a real shame that that was that he took that stance because it there had been years of trust built mm. between us and him and and the one and, and the problem is he never made any uh any indication of any contractual obligation upon yeah. making a deposit right mm. so but it was worse than that because actually in the small print um you never actually fully owned the product anyway no because so, it was software right because it was software yeah so there was lots of ambiguity that came out of the contract because we were like this is there's lots of alarm bells happening mm. So we had to take quite a firm stance um, on that, and I ended up calling him directly and just saying, "Look, this is the situation. This is and this is our stance, and we will not be moved on it." Yeah. Um, now, he, at the time, it was quite. It was a very difficult call to make because obviously he was. Uh, he wanted us to pay the balance, um, and we then took the stance, of, but we we knew that we shouldn't, and. But that it did a huge amount at the time, a huge amount of damage to the relationship that, of trust that had been built over the years because there was no confirmation of contractual arrangements between us and him. Yeah. Now, the great thing that I will give him is what he then did is um, he then sent us an email. That, like, I think it was a couple of weeks later or whenever it was, basically saying, do you know what? It's fine. Releasing us from the contract. Basically. It's just basically saying, I'm just going to close this all off and we'll... It's it's an unhappy situation for the both of us. Sad that it happened, but I'm just going to close the whole thing off and we'll be done. And when he sent that, both of us were like, "Finally, common sense yeah, yeah. rules. This isn't about trying to litigate or anything like this." Yeah. And our respect and trust was pretty much restored. Yeah. Like it was like wow, and and it all came down to the fact that there was no clarification or, or visibility around potential contract terms between us. And had there been at the beginning, I don't think any of us would have entered into the agreement in the first place. No. And that's where you as a business owner have to be really upfront and clear with every client that you have. Like, okay, when we enter an agreement, these are the, these are the consequences yes. of this agreement. Because, and don't think, don't assume that that person understands what those consequences are because... Every now and then, something will fall out of bed, yeah, like yeah. it did with us. I mean, thankfully, I think that's the only time mm-hmm. in 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 our twelve years of being in business mm-hmm. 
that that situation ever happened. Mm. And it was a very uncomfortable situation for us. But I'm telling you this because you will find yourself in this situation at some point where either you've ent inadvertently entered into an agreement with somebody without knowing, or you're asking a customer to enter into agreement and they don't fully understand it. So be really upfront because it saves you a huge amount of pain down yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check your contracts. As you said. <laughs> um, tie up any loose ends. You know, so if there is a body of work that you're doing for this person, don't leave them in the lurch because that just adds fuel to the fire. You know, um, um, make sure that you tie up any loose ends, get any work, incomplete work, um, finished for them or, or tied up or, or whatever the, the situation is. So don't don't leave them hanging. Is basically mm -hmm. what what I'm saying. Um, so a, a cheats way of firing clients is you could just raise your prices. <laughs> if you've got someone that's on a contract with you um, and you know you, you don't feel like you're being valued or you're you're doing too you're putting too much time into something, raising your prices a lot of the time will actually just drop that client because they're not going to be prepared to pay the hike. Well, it will be very specific about the product that you're delivering them and anything outside of the boundaries of that product is chargeable. Yes. So, which is another way of raising your prices, a bit like the client that you said about earlier. Yeah. So you'd been hired for this, but they were asking you to do all this other stuff. Yeah. So, okay, fine, that's chargeable. I guarantee they would have run a month. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then if you can't do that, just politely say, you know, when if you've got a very bad client and you're firing them, it's it, you know, it can be very tempted to tell them exactly what you think. <laughs> Don't do that. No. <laughs> Always be very professional, very polite, and just say, you know, be the whole it's me not you thing like you do if you're dumping someone <laughs> yeah um even if even if you don't feel that way um because obviously you want to maintain your reputation um so just politely uh, just say that we're not a good fit yeah uh, be really careful about how you write this stuff because yeah. once you've written it it's there and it's on the internet yeah you know it's there for life so yeah. yeah be really if you if you're too close to it and you're too emotionally involved in it then you need a third party to help you put it together. Yes. Um, but it needs to be as... Yeah, we've done that several times with each other, haven't we? If there's been yeah. a situation, we'll write out what we really want to say. Some blasty email, which is very cathartic. It and then is. The other one Just don't yeah, The other one will come in and go, right, remove that, remove that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you always have to have the view that everything you write can be... Not only can it be used in the future for any purpose, but because once you've sent it, it's no longer yours. It's yeah. somebody else's. But um, it can also be read in any number of different ways, depending yeah. on how that person feels at the time that they're reading it. So if you have anything that you're writing that is even remotely inflammatory, I mean, Christ, we saw so many car crashes with in the events industry where small suppliers have got annoyed about something. Mm. And I mean, you flippantly remarked about, oh, well, there's that bridezilla term, isn't there? But we've seen... Um, suppliers responding so badly oh God, yeah. to to requests yeah, and then head in your hands as well yeah because yeah. invariably that message or that email that that supplier is just just clearly under a lot of stress or pressure is just rushed out and sent out has suddenly ended in some facebook group yeah which has ended up with 150 people commenting underneath yeah. and you just think oh you've just destroyed your own reputation yeah, yeah, in this yeah. industry so many times it just comes down to communication. Yeah. Uh, and you've got to remember also that your client, if, if it's just a one-off that they're being a bad client, it, it could just be having a bad day. You know, you've got, yeah. to, you've got to be empathetic towards people. Yeah. Um, but but the, it is a fine line, which is why we wanted to kind of explore this in this episode. But just be aware if you are being taken advantage of that it's okay to fire your clients. Yeah, I mean, we've had, <laughs> I think we've, 
Luckily, we haven't had to fire many no. over over the twelve years. But um, on the occasions that we have, we've actually been quite um, vague in yeah. terms of we've tried not to be too specific about where the issues are, and we've just said we've said things like it appears on this occasion that I don't think our company is the right fit for you. Yeah, exactly. So it's more about us. Yeah. being for them rather yeah. than them being for us. And it's like, I don't think our company is the right thing for you. So we won't be serving um, you uh, any further. Yeah. And, and we wish you all the best for the future. Well, and understanding where the relationship's going, because, I mean, this isn't a client example, but the, the procurement business that I had with a, with a business partner, yeah. you know, that was just, it was, a, for anybody that's not heard me mention procurement business I've had before, um, it was an extraordinarily successful business in 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 terms of on paper in, in terms of how the revenue grew and how fast it grew almost instantly but it was unbelievably stressful and the the partnership was incredibly toxic yeah. and there was just no not going to be a happy ending no. <laughs> so it, it, and and at the end I, you know I closed it because we could see that coming so you know it's not all about how success kind of looks it's got to be how it feels as well yeah. which is the same with with clients if, if, if it doesn't feel right it's okay to it this is your business at the other end of the day it's one of the things one of the joys of being a business owner rather than an employee you don't have to put up with that no and, <laughs> but outlining writing down what the boundaries are is just so important yeah just because it gives you a reference guide it gives you a whether that's with your business partner whether that's with your customers whether it's with your staff or whoever it is with your referral partners and and your own boundaries you know like what what makes you feel uncomfortable what what is it that you don't like when a customer is behaving a certain way and why is it that you don't like you you need to kind of explore that rather than just be like oh don't feel it i don't like it kind of thing yeah (laughs) because we can all be people pleasers or we can all put up with stuff and if and it can end up being very counterproductive it can it can reduce your opportunities exponentially yeah it's just like just don't do that yeah 100% cool (laughs) that was a bit that felt like a bit of a ranty episode (laughs) it was quite cathartic it was wasn't it (laughs) yeah there's there's probably a bunch of people that we didn't mean to upset that are now thinking it's them if you're sat there thinking it's you it probably isn't because you probably wouldn't be listening to this anyway. I, I did think at the beginning when you were talking about that group, are, are you getting quite wound up? Is that are you okay? Yeah, you're going to be okay. It's, but I, that's the point, right? It stays. It's amazing how much things stay yeah, with you. They, do. they they make like you don't because well, you just move on to the next fire, don't you? The next thing you just it's just another yeah. thing that you deal with. It's only kind of when you look back in years years beyond that you're just like that was really out of order yeah it was <laughs> yeah really it's like when someone says something really bad to you and there's a load of stuff you wish you'd said yes <laughs> so so yeah if you're listening to this episode or watching this episode we're we're and we're still friends it wasn't you <laughs> yeah it wasn't you yeah we're either still in business with or we're friends with yeah you're fine don't think it was you because it's not because we, we would have already sacked you <laughs> yeah. yeah so on that note we'll see you tomorrow yeah have a good day all bye, bye. <laughs> Thank you.